0: what's going on guys i'm alex trader and with brandon beasley we welcome you to the first ever episode of the 479 cards cast um as i mentioned this is the first episode so i just want to give a a brief introduction to what this podcast is going to be but before i do that i just want to remind everybody to make sure that you guys subscribe and leave a comment uh, however you may be listening spotify apple youtube um, just let us know what you think, and also uh, subscribing helps us out a lot, and, and lets us know kind of how we're doing with with uh, finding people who want who want to get involved into the the blossoming industry that is trading cards uh, for sports. Now, this podcast is going to be something for everyone everyone who's enjoying kind of the boom that's happened within the card market. Brandon is kind of our our in-house expert and and I'm more of a casual in the field, but I I think we're gonna provide stuff that's gonna help out everyone from the people who have never heard of sports cards to someone like Brandon or or people with a lot of experience. Um, We're gonna have news from around the sports card world as well as tips and tricks on how to be successful when you're trading or trying to find a way to get into the industry. Um, as well as that we have some awesome interviews lined up we're going to be bringing in interesting people giving their stories and, and kind of giving you just a, a different look at uh, how people see certain things as well as that um, we've got we're going to have some market talk segments we're going to have some risers fallers, predictions on how the market's going to look and so much more as we continue on uh brandon how are you doing today
1: i'm doing good how are you
0: doing well doing well and. Um, I guess I want to start off with, I'm a little bit upset, actually, that I didn't own this card that sold earlier today. Um, late Late in the afternoon, there was a Luka Doncic chart card uh, from 2018. It was a National Treasures. Um, sold for for $4.6 million. And uh, the fact that I didn't own that card and wasn't in possession of it, it soured, soured up my weekend a little bit.
1: Yeah, anything anything you see in the news that's selling for thousands or even millions of dollars that you just see is crazy and you just wish that was yours and that you took the risk to maybe get that card or did everything you could to even find it. And that's just part of the game. You never know what you're going to find And a $4.6 million sale is nothing new anymore. I mean, that's the record sale for a basketball card ever it's not a proven player like lebron jordan kobe the main three people think of when they talk about proven players that they invest in it's luka Doncic. he's the next guy though and people believe in him and that's why money was being put into it—a a 4.6 million dollar deal for a 101 national treasures rookie logo man that's something nowadays where that's not that's not insane anymore
0: and Luca being a top five pick, you would think he had a lot of hype behind him, but he was he was a guy that not too many people were sure what he was going to be. Um, me personally, I had a Luka Luca card just sitting in an old binder that I found when I was just going through some stuff. And it turns out it was in pretty good condition. So I was kind of counting on him to, to be the MVP this season. Doesn't look like that's going to happen, but I think his value is only going to go up, as will a lot of the young players around the league um and speaking of value going up everything's been going up in the card market the last couple months spanning back just about a year at this point um why do you think that is and what kind of stuff can we expect it to the market to do in the future
1: so i think the main thing that started the market has bubbles it'll go up it'll go down it'll spike um, around whenever COVID began, everything started going up because everyone was looking for something to do while they were stuck at home and people were interested in cards and it just picked up and more people saw people getting in the cards and it just kept going and going. You could not walk into a retail store nowadays and even find a pack of cards. It's just not common anymore. Before the COVID, I called the COVID boom happened, there was there was cards just sitting on the shelves. Now those same cards that were sitting for five dollars, those packs are twenty five thirty dollars and it's they don't even really have much in it it's just because people love to love the joy of opening packs and hopefully there's something in there but the odds just aren't even that great
0: part of my problem is i'm fully in on packs i love the, the just the randomness of opening the packs and uh i'm not as much in the weeds as you are and speaking of being in the weeds the bentonville card show is this weekend i wasn't able to make it um, but I have been to a couple of card shows with you before. I mean, how, 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 how how'd this one look and what did your kind of, what were your pickups this weekend?
1: So it looked completely different when I went the first time. I went the first time out in August and the difference between how many people were there selling and the difference between how many people were just there looking was insane. I remember just seeing it. People's um, tables set up, and they were completely different this time around. There was a lot more wax than I remember from the first time around, and there was a lot more higher-end stuff. The values were a lot higher, but at the same time, your your dollar bins that you'd go through trying to find something for your collection or in a future investment that could just be sitting around that ever nobody even is thinking about that kind of stuff is a lot more prominent than it was. A few months ago because that stuff has potential and i'm your stuff that's ending up in dollar bins isn't isn't your base cards anymore it's your rookies it's all, all the extra stuff because everyone's into it so there's got to be enough to go around for everybody for me personally i went there i had stuff i wanted to trade i had stuff i wanted to sell i had stuff i wanted to buy And I was looking around, seeing what caught my eye. I know the very first thing I bought, whenever I got there, I walked through the door, I saw supplies, very first thing. I bought uh, 500 packs of penny sleeves just because you can never go wrong with supplies and it was a good deal. So that's the first thing I got. I walked around a little bit, um, just looking around at first, didn't really want to jump on anything yet, just wanted to get an idea of what was there. Uh, first person I stopped at was a guy I've actually talked to multiple times. It was the only guy at the show that was set up that I really personally knew. And I looked at his stuff, just was chatting with him, seeing what was up. Ended up stopping at it. looked in his case. He was mainly just had dollar cards to $5 cards and bins. He had a little case. I saw a Shaq rookie in there. Shaq's taken off lately. So I was just curious. I was like, Hey, what are you looking for on this? And he said, $30. And I knew in the back of my head I was oh, like, this market's explode, So I'm gonna take the risk without even looking at it, just cause I know the guy is a good guy. I know the price was probably a fair price, if not a good price in my favor. So I pulled the trigger on it. I ended up walking away from that, checked comps. So it ended up being a sixty, seventy dollar card. Card was in really good condition. So I was really happy with that one and uh it was set up in two different rooms he was on the edge of the first room so i walked down the hall took some looks at some cards ended up looking at some baseball cards from the first guy in the hall and i was really tempted to pull the trigger on it i don't know baseball too much but i know i was really trying to get into it at that show but i ended up passing on him and keep walking into the second room just because i didn't want to put all my marbles into one jar and be out before i was even even to get through the whole room so i kept going around got into the next room, there was a dollar bin guy set up. That's all he had was dollar bins that I uh, went through the last show I went to and I didn't even bother this time. I was I was so drawn to the stuff in the cases and not the dollar bins. I mean, you can go for the dollar bins, you can go for the showcases or you can go for both. I mean, there's stuff for everybody. I was more drawn for showcases. I got to the next table and one of the guys I was looking for was Dak Prescott and maybe some Zeke too. Some guy had some of those out on the table I asked him if he had any more, he had boxes behind the table and I went through there and found some stuff. He had a Dak Prescott purple optic PSA eight for 50 bucks, he had the sticker on it. Uh, Those raw are about 50, it was a good looking eight. So I figured I'd pull the trigger on that. And I found another Dak that threw in there for $50. You always wanna try to negotiate what you can. You wanna be reasonable, you wanna be fair for both parties, but at the same time, you wanna try to get your best bang for your buck. Fast forward, just fun fact on that, that card, I've already flipped that card for $20 profit to the day. And just that was just a couple of days later and just stuff like that. It's just there's a market, the market's always moving. You gotta be ready and you gotta know what you're looking for. Uh, next table over, guy had a big case, a lot of solid stuff. I know there was a Aaron Rodgers rookie. That was a Beckett 10 and it was $5,500. He had a KD refractor in there, that was a Beckett 9.5, and there was just a bunch of really big stuff that I was just drawn to. And I ended up, um, I know a lot about the Deshaun Watson market. I hopped on that before it boomed. He had a Deshaun Watson PSA 10 Panini out of 199. And numbered cards, I mean, there's only so much of them. It's not like your normal cards, where they just produce so many and you just don't know how much is out there. And it was a 10, so it can't get any better than that. Had a $500 price tag on it. I couldn't find any comps on it. So I just had to go with what I believed in. I ended up trading and paying cash on it, but ended up getting it and ended up moving stuff that I really just didn't love. And you want to get out of the stuff that if the whole market ended the day and you have what you have, are you going to be happy with what you got? Or are you going to wish you had something different? And I always think of that whenever I'm going to shows and if it's laying around and I don't, and it's not necessarily something i love i'm going to try to get rid of it because i want to move into something i love so i ended up getting that walked around a bit more talked to some people didn't really find too much and then i got to a, a back right corner of the room and i ran into this guy um and i was just talking to him looking through his cases and all of a sudden i uh, he was looking through my cards because i wanted just wanted to see if he was interested in buying or if i saw something trading and I ran into a Brett Favre one of one that was signed not once but twice, which I've never seen before. And I just I just love that card. And he ended up picking out a bunch of stuff he was interested in for trade. It was about he was looking for about a thousand dollars in value on the Brett Favre. And I ended up, he had about six, seven hundred dollars worth of stuff picked out for trade value-wise. And I was pretty comfortable with the with the gap for covering that with cash. And it was just something that I was comfortable pulling the trigger on. So I ended up picking that up. And that was actually my first true one-on-one other than printing plates that I've ever had. And it's just such a cool card to look at. I looked at his uh, buddy's table a little bit, but I was just so in shock that I just got that, that I just, my mind was just blown. And I just walked right past everybody's stuff after that. I don't think i talked to anybody. I don't think I just, I just looked and I was just barely looking because I was so excited. So I ended up going all the way through, didn't pick up anything else and then came back around, did another lap, uh, picked up probably a card here or there, do not really recall too much, but I spent a good four hours there and went home, sat back, uh, marked through, I had all my stuff for trade, I had priced, I had marked what I had left, marked what I had uh, traded and put together some new inventory for day two uh to put together and came back the next day um another guy i talked to a little bit uh at a card show before not the not the one but the next uh, some before i stopped at his table first thing um he actually was he did a big deal the day before i would uh, eavesdrop in on it was about a ten thousand dollar deal some guy was trying to buy out his whole collection and it was just insane and i ended up i was just digging through his bins he had a aaron donald tops chrome refractor It was priced at 20 bucks. I had traded one of those for $50 value the day before. I actually had another one on me. So I already had another one on me ready to go. I knew those were at 50. He had it at 20. It looked good. I offered him 15. He took it and ended up uh, selling that a little bit later um, at the show. Um, And then I rotated through there. And I uh, first room, I didn't really see anything. Actually, flashback. Uh, the first day at the show, I ended up going. I went through the second time around. I was looking at a Kobe Bryant Fleer metal rookie. And I was looking at that. And I just wasn't, didn't like the price he had on it. The guy didn't want to trade anything I had, wasn't interested in any of it. And a guy was looking at a Tim Duncan um, Metal Universe PSA 9, which was Tim Duncan's rookie year uh, in a case, in one of his cases over. And he was asking him how much it was. And then the guy was like, this is my lowest number. And the guy walked away. He's like, I'll think about it. And in the back of my head, I was like, Tim Duncan. I've heard of that name. I know Tim Duncan. I know his market a little bit. His market really hasn't gone up yet. He's not in the Hall of Fame yet. He'll be in the Hall of Fame here in a little bit. I was like, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna look at comps, check comps. Is about dead on for what comps are. And I feel comfortable pulling the trigger on that because I know it's going to go up. And it's not something I'm gonna move right away and I'll put away. So I ended up pulling the trigger on that and bought that in full the first day as well. Uh, So flash forward back in the day two, I was going through the hall. I um, checked the table that I looked at that had the uh, baseball cards I was looking at day one and they were gone. So I just didn't pull the trigger fast enough on those, debated too long and they were gone, which is very common. If you pass on one thing, it could be gone the next minute. As I did with the the Tim Duncan, I saw, I, I heard someone talking over, I got it the next minute he left. And he probably came back later that day and was like, dang, I wish I would've pulled the trigger on that, but I didn't and now it's gone and someone else has it. And so I went through his table, I flipped through some of his binders, grabbed a few cards I was familiar with. They were 90s, 90s cards that I was familiar with. And I knew that I got them for a good deal. I'll be able to sell those on later for a couple bucks profit. Uh, went down the case. There was a guy there that wasn't there the first day. He solely just had baseball baseball. is not my strong suit. Um, he had a card that I was familiar with. I have a uh, Cody Bellinger's real ones autograph PSA 10. It's probably my best card I got at the moment. He had the base card version of that. And I knew it was interesting and it was some, it was a card I'm going to be watching for the signature version. So I might as well watch it for the base version. So I ended up picking that up about my second or third lap around that day um i ended up going back around the the guy i picked up a deck that dak prescott i talked about earlier i stopped at his table i picked up another another dak prescott and i picked up another zeke both were psa nines one was a jersey card and one wasn't they were a good deal on it a grading going up it's it's costing more than 25 30 bucks to grade nowadays and the cards were 25 30 bucks so that wasn't something that i was really going to pass up on I went to the next table. The next table is the guy I got the Deshaun Watson from. Uh, Nothing really stood out that time around. I didn't really miss anything, but I brought some new inventory. I already made deals with that guy the day before he recognized me. We talked, he looked at my cards. I wasn't really interested in trading. He was interested in buying what I had. Obviously they're, they're there to make money. They need to have room. They need to have margin. I had my stuff priced and he had a price in mind. So we ended up meeting pretty much closer to his price because he's got to make money at the end of the day. But I knew what I had into those cards. And at the end of the day, it was worth it for me. And it gave me more cash in my pocket for something else that I may have wanted. So I pulled the trigger on that. Got a little bit extra cash, walked around a little bit, looked at some wax. Just none of it really caught my mind. Nothing crazy. A buddy of mine picked up a 2017 Optic Blaster, which is Patrick Mahomes' rookie year. I think that was a steal it was the only one at the show. He picked it up real quick. I wish I would have even thought about it, but I just didn't. Don't really look at wax too much. It's not something I'm crazy about, but I do want to get something to sit on. Cause it, I know that has true value. Even if it's not open, cause you never know what's going to be sitting inside of those and then actually the first day I forget forgotten everything. I forget the first day more than anything, just cause it was such, such a crazy experience that I got the far uh, before I was leaving. I stopped at a guy's table. who was looking at my cards to trade. I was showing them, and he was interested in a lot of them. And I uh, picked up a Zeke uh, rookie silver, uh, Beckett 9 5, uh, Jim Mint Plus, um, and a couple others, just getting rid of some stuff that I really just didn't care about for stuff that I, I liked. I got a Tracy McGrady rookie, that's a Pop 13. It's nothing crazy, but it's just something you don't see every day. And he ended up having a jordan card it was he had it marked 200 i checked comps there was three that day that ended at 100 it was a jordan 97 die cut and it was just a crazy looking card it had really good condition and i wanted it and i had that and another card up to try to trade for it and he just didn't want to didn't want to move it for the hundred dollar value so i ended up getting rid of the other card that i wanted with it and had about $220 for the trade value. He wanted 200. I figured he was going to take it. And it was something I would have been happy trading out of, um, and into, and he just didn't want to move it. He was very, very stubborn about it. He was like, if you come back with $200 cash, I'll give it to you. And I was just, I didn't want it for 200 cash. It just wasn't worth the 200 because it was at a hundred dollars at the time. So I walked to the next table and I saw a kaboom, um, Dwayne Haskins, Kabooms are the coolest cards you'll see for football, especially rookie wise. And I just, I just loved it. And the guy had a, I had a card of equal value that I wanted to trade and we just did a straight up trade for it. And I'll be sitting on that one, hoping he pans out in Pittsburgh or somewhere else. He does something. Hopefully he gets his career, right?
0: Yeah. Kabooms are the, are are one of the cooler looking rookie cards I saw. And then you also got the best quarterback in the, in the 18 class. So, I mean, it's tough to really find a miss there, you know?
1: That's true. So that was my sum up for day one. I've kind of bounced between day one and day two. So back to day two, I've gone through the first hallway. I've gotten into the second room. I've gone through it most of the way. I looped back to the, the guy that I first did a deal with for the far of the day before. I um, was hanging out there with one of my buddies, uh, who's a baseball guy, who I was trying to just gain baseball knowledge from just talked to them for a while, uh, ventured to a table behind them. I uh, saw a uh, Deshaun Watson optic rated rookie. I knew the price on those. I moved one the other day, um, ended up tr- uh, buying that straight out just for me to realize I was comping it off of the price of uh, a red and yellow and not the raw base, but I still got it at like a $10 and $20 value under. And so it was okay. It wasn't wasn't my best, but it was good. At the end of the day, though, it was worth it, and I uh, we sat there and talked talked cards with the guy I did the deal with the Favre with and his buddy for about an hour, just talking cards, and ended up doing another lap, trying to find some baseball cards. Um, ended up in the hallway, we stopped, and I picked up a uh, Louise Robert die cut from uh, Topps Chrome Ben Baller. Nothing that I'm crazy knowledgeable about, but I know that... Uh, louise robert has uh, potential and i know ben baller is a premium product for baseball and it was a really sick looking card got it for a little under comps that was something i was happy about and then we ended up looping back to the same guy i got the far from talking again just because uh the guy next door had a a uh, ray rice not ray rice what am i thinking Possibly Um,
0: ray lewis
1: it wasn't Ray, Liz. Liz. Ray
0: Rice is certainly <laughs> not going to have any value in his cards.
1: Yeah, I think get rid of those right away. I was thinking of uh Jerry Rice. He had a Jerry Rice PSA 4 and a Jerry Rice PSA 7 rookie. We were wondering the price on that. So we came back. Guy had him way overpriced. We knew he probably wasn't going to budge on it, so we didn't bother. So we just came back and started talking to the same guy we were talking to before. And we were about to leave. And... I see a card that I overlooked. I was sat at that table for probably two hours making conversation, looking through this guy's cards, looking at his cases. and I completely overlooked it. He had a um, Derrick Henry Spectra RPA out of 25 that was graded a gym Mint 9.5. And patch cards, you don't grade. You grade those, and they don't grade very well. They get damaged super easy. So uh, the fact that it was a player I knew, player's market that I knew pretty well, and it was a really high grade. I was like, this is a really nice card. I was like, I was like, here's some cards I have. Uh, see if there's anything you're interested in. And uh, what's what's the price you have on this Derek Henry? He said $300. And I I just knew in the back of my head, I was like $300 is a steal for this. And so he just looked through my cards again. And I ended up, he picked out three cards. One of them being that the Sean Watson I just bought for $20 under value. So I got saved, basically saved $20 there. Those three cards amounted to about two hundred dollars. Paid a hundred dollars cash on it. Um, it was a little bit in my favor, honestly, um, the deal wise. But since we made a big deal the day before and everything, he was comfortable doing so. So I pulled the trigger on that, and I just that was probably my best investment of the day, and my favorite investment of the day, and one of the coolest cards I've seen in a long while. And uh, the guy next, the guy next to him, his buddy the whole time, was just sitting watching and. Uh, my uh, buddy ended up picking up a Fernando Tatis autograph that was on license, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's an, it's an autograph. You don't you're not going to see those every day. Um, we went back through. We were leaving about one of the last tables before we left, and I, we uh, were looking for some Fernando Tatis. My buddy picked up uh, Fernando Tatis top's base, and I saw a Tatis card I've never seen. It was um, a red Tatis. I'll actually get it here for the the YouTube channel. You can see. This uh red Tatis I've never seen before, and I was really curious about it. I asked the guy, uh, supposedly it was part of this members program. There's only about a thousand guys in it, and they get like this special pack, and you have a chance at pulling the Tatis or really any card that you can pull out of packs. I mean, you're hoping for Tatis out of those pretty much because he's the guy right now in uh, those products, and I'd never seen it. I asked the guy, like, hey, how'd you get this, was telling me about it. And I was like, that's really cool. I mean, it's a short print. There's only about a thousand people that got the pack. So who knows how many of those exist? So I asked him, I was like, could you do 20 bucks on it? He's like, I'm firm on 25. I think that's a steal. And I only found one comp on it. It was $31 from three, two months ago. And I was like, his, his market's gone up since then. I was confident on taking it for 25. I ended up looking it up more that i learned uh, keywords that he gave me um, about the card because I knew nothing about it. And uh, the cl- only comps I found on it were $85, $90 sitting. So for 25 bucks, I got into a card that's worth three times that. So it was something I could not, not complain about and baseball market that I wanna learn in and jump into. It was something that was good to jump into uh, going a little off topic from the card show, um, a lot of people in the card world know the guy, Sasha T. He's uh, one of the guys I really was inspired by with uh, his content and stuff. He actually is not, he doesn't know anything about baseball. I don't know anything about baseball, but he knows there's a market. And when there's a market, there's money to be made. He recently bought into a Fernando Tatis PSA 10 out of five. And he traded and bought into it. At, I think it was about $26,000 value he doesn't even know the market he just knows there's money to be made and it's and that's player to make money in and he pulled the trigger on it and that's what i did at a much 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 smaller scale but i was confident with that purchase for sure
0: yeah and the card show i mean for anyone who hasn't been to a card show i've only been to some of the smaller scale ones and it's it's bananas you just wouldn't expect to see something like it and especially given how the pandemic's kind of impacted in-person face-to-face meeting. It is certainly nice to go and have that kind of just human element of of trading that I know you've talked to me a lot. Like that's one of your favorite parts about being able to go to the shows and and actually meet people and talk to people and kind of, kind of gain their perspective on things. Um, Something where you might not be able to get that human element has taken over America and, and other parts of the world. And, of course, for those who have not been living under a rock, I'm talking about NBA Top Shot. Uh, now, NBA Top Shot, we did a full article over on uh, tradertalksports.com talking about, you know, the the benefits and kind of the, the downfalls of Top Shot as well as what it is. Um, that's a great read. So if you guys want some, some full in-depth kind of understanding what Top Shot is and why it's working, make sure you guys go check that out. But a a brief explanation, uh, you're buying NBA highlights. So you can buy like an Alex Caruso assist, a Damian Lillard three-pointer, a Bradley Beal steal, and they're going for a lot of money. Um, I don't know that the value is necessarily expected right away, but things are very expensive. And what gives them the value is the fact that they're NFTs or non-fungible tokens, which if if you recall, Logan Paul sold some art that were NFTs and um, made a lot of money off of it. Um, the benefit of NFT is essentially, like with cards uh, that are numbered, you're able to set it out of a certain number. And while the highlight isn't technically yours, that exact version of the highlight with, with the surrounding kind of border and the message behind it is your highlight. Um, so Brandon, I, I know you aren't the biggest fan of Top Shot. I'm going to give you a chance to explain why you don't think it's going to work. And then I am going to completely blow your mind and, and put you on to what is one of the most interesting things going on in America right now.
1: Awesome. So Top Shot to me, it's a really interesting market. If there's a market, there's money to be made at the end of the day. I'm just not seeing where it's stable. And that's why I'm not really one that's much into Top Shot. Um, the fact that a LeBron dunk sold for over two hundred thousand dollars, and it's just something I can watch on YouTube. I get that it, it's numbered out of forty-nine. I would much rather, for two hundred thousand dollars, have a Tom Brady autograph that's out of forty-nine. I'm sure that's probably even cheaper than that for two hundred thousand dollars. So, I mean, that's just that's just insane to me that there's a market like that, and where the money is coming from for that. But then again, at the same time, where's the money coming from for the Luka Doncic for $4 million, who's not even playing as well as people expected him to do this year. But it's just like an investment point at that point. And that's where maybe the $200,000 for the LeBron out of 49 was something that eventually is going to be worth millions. And it's not impossible, but it's just nothing that I really am confident about. I know Top Shot, they have a pretty decent market from what I've seen. Uh, They release packs, I think it's every week or every other week. There's a line that you get into to buy the packs. Um, I I think one of the releases was about 60,000 packs and there was like 180 to 240,000 people waiting. So really only about one in four, one in three people got a pack. So, I mean, there's a demand and the supply is low. And that's, that's really popular. And I know that's, that's some market that's in, in cards is works in fashion that works like Supreme, anything hype B sneakers. Um, if it's, if there's a limited quantity and there's a high supply, the market's going to rise. And I'm so i see where there's demand for top shot. My thing is, I don't know how it's stable. So it's nothing that I would be confident sickening with.
0: And like you mentioned in the article, it's it's like any other investment. I mean, you're going to have the the ebbs and the flows of the market, and no investment's a sure thing. Otherwise, there wouldn't be a way to do it. There the the loophole would be patched. But Top Shot has been, I mean, very rapidly rising over the past couple of days, and I, I I understand your point that you personally, I mean, would not go to watch a highlight for two hundred thousand dollars, but I mean, not to be too graphic here, OnlyFans is a huge thing in America right now. And there's certainly other methods of uh, receiving that same type of content. It's not necessarily just about seeing seeing the video or like with cards, you can look up the picture that's on cards, but there is that kind of you owning that picture of the cards or or you owning that card. Or you owning that highlight, I think, is, is a big part of why that market is so high and why it's very, very similar to the card market, in my opinion. I mean, from from an, a completely foreign point of view, the idea of putting someone's face on a card and it's selling for $4.6 million is absolutely insane. But then you get down to it, and and like you mentioned, there's a lot of people at card shows. There's a lot of people out trying to get into the sports card market because there is that, that interest behind it. And where there's interest, there's always going to be money to be made in my opinion.
1: Yeah, that's very true. And the the reference you made, I never even thought about, but I mean, that's true. There's, there's things out there that are free and then there's paid versions. And I mean the paid versions of things at the end of the day, there's free ways to get it like movie, like movies, there's pirated movies you can watch them for free or you go to the movie theater and spend $20 a ticket to go watch a movie at the end of the day, there's a market for stuff and there's a market um, for the free stuff. And it just depends on what you're going to spend and what experience you want. So I get that with top shot. It has the same, same thing. You can look it up on YouTube or you can actually be a part of it.
0: And for legal purposes, I just want to make sure uh, that there's no ad advocation for uh, pirating movies or anything else um along the lines of what we've been talking about uh piracy is a is not a victimless crime i believe is what the the old movies always used to tell us um i'm in on top shot man i really think that it's the next big thing for sports for uh, for sports memorabilia trading um if the if the deal with the nfl goes through i think we're gonna see a huge jump in the popularity of this because as big as basketball is in you know in the united states football is a whole nother
1: animal yeah that's very true and me personally i'm a big football guy i don't really follow basketball much and honestly thinking about it the idea of that in football just excites me and honestly i'd hop on it if it was football so if this was nba shot not uh, nba top shot i'd probably be all over it. and i think that would be what would make my mind change on it so i feel like uh with top shot it sets the foundation for the market and if it ends up being super successful, like it possibly can be, and it's mirrored over to a football market, I'd be all over it for sure.
0: So final verdict on top shot. Uh, I changed your mind, right? We're, we're in on the top shot train.
1: I'd say I'd consider it. I wouldn't I would not wait hours in line to buy a top shot pack and I wouldn't invest my money into it quite yet but give it a little bit of time a month or two if it's still stable and there's still money to be made at the end of the day i'm all for it
0: fair enough and uh i mean hey there was some some kind of opinion sway there you know that's why we have the conversations um that was really all we have for this show we think uh top shot's a big enough story as well as as well as that that card show was i mean. You had the end depth breakdown of how the deals were made and hopefully that helps people. Um, I know it helped me because when I go to a card show I'm just looking for Ohio State players for under $2 um, because that's my personal collection. So Seeing the perspective of trying to find someone who's in there to to make to make a lot of money and, and find cards that hold their value is is really interesting for the casual fan as well as some some tips and tricks in there of you know figuring out prices trying trying to get things going. Um, like I said, this is the first episode, and we are available on Apple, Spotify, YouTube. Um, the YouTube name is Four Seven Nine Cards. There's not the Cards Cast part of things, but make sure if you guys did enjoy, to subscribe, uh, leave a comment, let us know what you think, um, as well as a rating if you're if you're on uh, Apple or Spotify. Um, and if you are, you know, any friends that are interested in in kind of getting into the card scene, this is going to be the podcast for that. It's going to teach you guys some some ways to get involved to where you know whether you have ten dollars you're ready to, to deal with or thousands you're going to have some kind of guidance in what what the way to go is um we're going to be putting out new episodes every monday uh with all the stuff i talked about at the beginning of the episode um and, and make sure if you guys are wanting some extra bonus content uh card specialized go to four or seven nine cards on instagram Or uh, if you're just a big sports fan and and you want to kind of have the cards as well as everything else, TTSN Home on Instagram and Twitter is the home of all things Trader Talk Sports Network. It's going to have all the articles, the polls, the graphics, all that good stuff. Um, For Brandon Beasley, I'm Alex Trader, and we will see you guys next time.